I'm Chad Rutherman's. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, Creative Hands Wanted. Today, we're going to be talking about Ali Ali, which is a game that was developed by Roll7, was self-published by them and also uh, by Devolver Digital and Curve Digital. And the reason that it has multiple publishers is because this game released originally in 2014 and has been ported to pretty much fucking every single thing. Yeah, if it's on the Wii U, then it's been ported to everything. Yeah. It's on all of the arcade services that were around at the time and on PC. And I played it on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And you played it on the Switch. Yep, which so just came out on 20, in 2019. Yeah, so they're still porting it to new things, which is wild and crazy. Yep. Uh, but Ali Ali is a... Well, ostensibly it is a skateboarding game, um, but, and I don't want to give the game too much credit, I guess, but any preconception that you have on the skateboarding genre, this probably doesn't follow. Uh, it has its own sort of thing, and as a result feels a lot more arcadey uh than like a Tony Hawk or a skate or something like that. Yeah, because it's 2D side scrolly, it ends up feeling a lot more like a precision platformer. Mm-hmm. We had to make jumps and land on platforms and rails and stuff. Yeah, this is sort of like the super meat boy of skateboarding games. Mm-hmm. The difference is that this game is perfectly happy with letting you win the game. But it's going to remind you that you aren't doing as well as you could be doing at every turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that is that is the thing to start with, is just how this game controls and how unintuitive it is. Um, and I think, because I played this game earlier in my life and was like, I don't, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And re- bounced off of it, yeah, like super. a skateboarder <laughs> off the pavement. <laughs> yes, and I lost a few teeth on the way. Uh, but replaying it, it's a lot more interesting than I ever gave it credit for. Yeah, I felt like it, it wasn't that unintuitive as much as it just is a bit off-putting. Um, it's one of those games, like we talked about, a Tony, we did a Tony Hawk retrospective a while ago, mm-hmm. and one of the things I talked about was just, like, it was hard to internalize what all the buttons do. Sure. Um, and this had a similar thing, but it's a lot more simple. But, like, I, I would hit the B button instead of uh, flicking the stick and vice versa, like, all over the place uh, in, like, the first several levels. Yeah. But, like, once you once it clicks, like, it's really not too bad. Yeah, the it operates in a similar way to like an infinite runner in the way that you kind of just are always moving. You have a modicum of control over how fast you're going in that you gradually slow down over time uh, and can press a, a button to push mm-hmm. in order to speed back up. And the trick with the game is that you pretty much always want to be going at full speed, but also the game doesn't really want you to be on the ground ever yeah the way it worked out for me was in like early like the first half ish of the game you always wanted to like hit the b button to push whenever you could Mm -hmm. but the later you get the more it relies on you just nailing the perfect grinds yeah so like maintain speed and if you don't maintain the speed then you end up falling into a random obstacle you just can't make the jumps like it, it progresses more towards uh, the kind of game where you have to do a perfect run to mm-hmm. beat the level. And 
I really like aspects of that, um, but it's something I want to kind of come to at a different yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Later on. The, the game itself, and this is part of the reason why it's been so simple for the game to uh, be ported to a bunch of different systems, is the game effectively operates with four buttons and the control stick. It's the push button, the land button, the L and R as modifiers, and then the control stick. And that's pretty much the entirety of everything that you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it yeah, one face button is used. <laughs> yeah, is it the same face button to push and to land? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's even less. It's three buttons and it can and the control stick. Uh, so you end up with this like <laughs> this system that seems really deceptively simple, because the way that you do tricks uh, and jump uh, or ollie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your grind is by just putting in different combinations on the control stick fighting game style. Uh, and this is way more complicated than you think because it means that the control stick, despite being like one input device, has a list of tricks that is like a mile long that you can do based on what it is that you do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of didn't really engage with that very much. Sure. Um, Like, I didn't really, like, kill myself trying to get all the goals or anything. But uh, the reason I found myself not really... I just kind of pushed whatever direction on the stick I felt like. Uh Uh-huh. But the reason I feel like I ended up doing that was because I feel like the tricks aren't visually distinct enough. Like, I feel like they all kind of look the same. So it's hard to tell what you just did yeah it's it's similar the problem is visual mostly even when you have like the trick viewer open it still is hard to tell what it is your character's doing it's a very lo-fi art style it's like a pixel art thing and also because the levels are complicated it's panned back a lot so when you do a trick it's just your little player character doing a little motion and it's very hard to tell what's happening Mm -hmm. uh and then in addition to that the the tricks that are really complicated to pull off are also the ones that take a really long time to execute and you're more likely not to have time to do them Mm -hmm. so yeah, it becomes complicated, and it and it almost the wall between like intermediate and expert is huge. It's giant. The skill ceiling on this is really high, and the skill floor is like rocky. It's a hard road to be on. <laughs> yeah, uh, all those rocks get stuck in your wheels. Yeah, exactly. It's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like there there were levels, and I, I followed the goals and tried to get as many of them as I could mm-hmm. for a long time. I think through the first three levels, I tried to get all the goals and failed a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but you get to a point where it'll be like, do a variable, vari- like a variable kickflip. And you're like, okay, I look up how to do the variable kickflip. And it's this combination. Thankfully, the game mostly sticks with like quarter and half circle movements. Uh, I think to do an impossible, you have to do like a three quarters rotation, which is not something I'm used to doing. Right. And never goes into like, 
you never have to do like the dragon punch input. Like you never have to go like down, right, down or something. Mm. Cause that would just be, that feels like it might be too much. Uh, but yeah, so you end up, you try and do this variable kickflip where you like hold L and do a quarter circle back from the top or something. Uh, and it just takes a super long time and you just fall and die. And you're like, when am I ever going to do this? And it's like some of the tricks you can only really do at certain points in each of the level mm-hmm. when you have enough air and you're going fast enough. Like a enough. long fall. Yeah, it's it's strange to have those in the game because it makes it feel less freeform. And it really brings out how hard this game can be at times. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it was like designed around them mm-hmm. for some of the tricks. Or if they were... the. It's like for the pro levels yeah. or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. High level play of this game seems like it would be really neat. Yeah. Like it would be really impressive to watch mm-hmm. for sure. It's just something I wasn't willing to get to oh, yeah, no. in a week. I'm sure I was even less willing. <laughs> um, but another thing that you kind of touched up against there um, is the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I feel like are also like a bit too busy um because they like they're multi-layered and they parallax and especially neon city like the last world or whatever you want to call them yeah uh it it's kind of an eyesore <laughs> uh, when you're trying to play like the stuff in the foreground stands out enough but like it's still like kind of is like rough on your eyes while you play and they like blur out Mm-hmm. the background and you're just seeing like the neon green stripes of the stuff you can grind on and you're like ugh it like it makes it difficult to see what is going to be a hazard that knocks you over you yeah know? yeah and that makes the little it much spiky harder. whatever pylons whatever those are supposed to be in the neon city like you grind on the dinosaur mm-hmm. and <laughs> yep just dead instantly yep. yeah and they're like zones basically every time that you start a new level and I guess, based on what you just said, we'll refer to the larger collections of levels as worlds. Yeah, like, like Mario style. Yeah. So each time that you enter a new level, you have to do like a couple dry runs most of the time just to check to see where it is safe to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there would be times when I would like almost get to the end and feel good and then be on the ground, which obviously the game hates when you're on the ground, but sometimes you have to be. Yeah, it's surprisingly rare yeah. <laughs> to just be on the ground and be able to like push off on the skateboard more mm-hmm. than once. Yeah, I found it really interesting. There's a subset of goal that comes up every once in a while that's like finish the level by pushing X number of times or fewer. Uh, and like in the early levels, it's two, and then sometimes it's one, and then I think near the end you get a couple of zeros. Um, and it it was weirdly easy to complete those goals. I think there was like one I had trouble with and it was a no push in a level because basically you have to gain all of your speed from grinding. Mm -hmm. Um, so what ends up like it, it, you spend so little time actually just on the ground that it just wasn't even a challenge to not push because you didn't have an opportunity to do so. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you would just go and then you'd land on the ground and then there would just be like some road cones that mm-hmm. looked like they might have been in the background or maybe didn't look like anything at all. Mm-hmm. And you would just fall and, and hit them. And I, I'm like, I feel less bad about this 
uh, because the runs are so short in comparison to something like Ori that I complained that it was impossible to tell when something was a one-hit kill murder spike Mm -hmm. because it felt like that set you back a lot more. Uh, This game, you're going to be restarting a lot anyway, so it was less egregious. But I do wish it was more obvious. Yeah, for sure. And that the backgrounds were less busy. I don't want to steamroll <laughs> your point because yet that was also a problem. Yeah, like I think um, World One Urban yeah uh, has the the best one because it's just gray and there's a visible like blur like Photoshop blur on the image <laughs> yeah which makes it way easier to like block that out and mm. focus on just like the foreground, foreground. yeah. I agree. I I think so. The problem being that if every level was like urban, the game would look. It very would look bland. boring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Neon City looks cool if you're mm-hmm. just looking at like a screenshot, uh, and a couple of the other levels too, like uh, the the dock or the porch or whatever that one's called, looks cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think my just to segue to something else, uh, like my least favorite level or world rather in the game is the base yep the snow the snow world um and it's because the as we were talking about like the the non-skatable parts of the ground are a lot more numerous there Mm -hmm. and it has these sections where you have to like land jump land jump land jump like several times in a row and that's like really hard to do at least for me yeah uh it's one of those things where even when i felt like i adjusted to it i still fucked it up a lot yeah i think yeah like world like four or five like base dash five yeah um was the hardest level that i played um for me like i I feel like i did it like 35 times before i beat it (laughs) that was i was stuck on that one for a while i actually like In order to complete that level, I remember, like, leaving where I was and going into a quieter room Uh and just, like, really focusing on it. And it's, like... It's tough. It's hard. It's really hard in a way that you don't expect. And this is a personal bias thing, but, like, I come from the Tony Hawk lineage. I grew up with those games. Mm -hmm. So my association with skateboarding games is always just sort of like a free-form, casual, fun time. And Ali Ali is like a precise, concentrate time, which is not what I come to the genre for. Yeah. Which is kind of how I had to just start thinking of this as a different type of game. Yeah, more precision platformer sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, And just, uh, it's not really related, but, uh, I didn't make this joke on the Tony Hawk podcast, so I thought I would just make it now. Okay. Like, watching you play Tony Hawk makes me feel like maybe I don't like video games, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever... I, I understand or am as good at any game as you are at Tony Hawk. And I don't even think I'm, like... I'm probably, like, top five percentile Tony Hawk, which means that, like, really dedicated Tony Hawk people are, like, 18 times better than me. It's more so just, like, how, like, long it had been since you played, and then we booted it up, and you're just doing all this crazy (laughs) shit. Like, you you mentioned the, like, claw grip thing on the episode. Uh, Go listen if you're curious to Mm -hmm. hear that story. But uh, it's just funny. Like, I, I just don't have that experience with any games, personally. I wish that this game had, like, a claw grip moment for me. Like, where I realized that I could do something more complicated, 
easily by like changing the way I physically was doing it. Because what I had, the crushing realization that I had when playing Ali Ali was that I'm just very bad at it. Mm. Uh, and it kind of like, because I think this is fun, not in a Tony Hawk way, but in like a guitar hero way. Where it's about learning the thing, and or like a, a Hotline Miami way. Yeah. You like memorize the level and then determine your way of getting through it. The irony being that the game about skateboarding somehow feels less creative in execution yeah. than the game about murdering people. <laughs> the murdering people game, I felt like I could be very expressive in my play. Yeah. All the is very prescriptive. You got like different weapons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's... it's a game about execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because like I said with Base Dash 5, yes. my, uh, uh, the level I struggle with the most. Which sounds like um, a really fucked up numbering system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it was like land, kickflip, land. Like I was like, going through it, like thinking like in my head, like it's very like, like a metronome. Yeah. yeah. No, and also like shout outs to the level... Generally, I think that in a game like this, it's cool that they have this type of challenge. It should have been a pro level. Yeah. Because it's really hard to do. And they have the audacity to put in a goal in that level where you can't do a trick that is less than a, like, I think it's like less than 250 points. Mm. Or maybe this is the one where it says don't do any kick flips or heel flips. I don't remember. Yeah, one of those goals is in this level, and it means that when you do those quick jumps, you have to also be doing complicated tricks. And I think there's a move staling mechanic where if you do the same trick multiple times you get fewer points for it i think that is true yeah which means that you have like to do those quick jumps you have to be like very quickly executing complicated inputs in order to Mm -hmm. keep that goal alive uh which is hard yeah it's hard to do (laughs) i don't know if it's just that i sucked Mm. but it felt sometimes like if i tried to do input things like really fast it wouldn't register like it was rare i it happened to me too yeah but yeah well the, okay there's a couple of things that the game doesn't there should have been a second intermediate tutorial is kind of my like mm. baseline for this where i didn't know until like the third level having completed the tutorial and completed all the levels for the first two levels some of which i got all of the goals on in the third level, so like an hour and a half into playing the game, it was I realized that holding R and L would spin you in midair, mm. and if you held R and did a, a direction when you did a grind, it would do a different type of grind that usually gave you more points. Uh, and I was like, where the fuck was this information all this time ago? Because it's never necessary, mm-hmm. but it helps if you're trying to learn the game to know all of your options. And, like, I even get that it might be too complicated for what they wanted for the beginning of the game tutorial. But, like, give me a splash screen or something. <laughs> like, hey, by the way, did you know that you can hold R and and forward to do a nose blunt slide? I was like, I would love to know that. Mm-hmm. Please inform me. Yeah, I don't know if I'll have a nuanced opinion on that. But um, <laughs> I because. I, I, I agree with the game with this many different like combinations of moves. Mm-hmm. They should probably tell you about that. But I know when we talked about Mario Sunshine and or Odyssey, 
I talked about how I really like that there are hidden mechanics. Like in Sunshine, there's like you spin around mm-hmm. and use the flood and you do like a cool spin jump thing. And I like finding that out on my own is like a like a cool gaming memory that I have. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on the kind of game, like when that st- kind of stuff feels satisfying and when it doesn't. Yeah. It, well, and also having a hidden mechanic like the wall jump in Super Metroid, yeah, uh, or the spin move uh, from from Mario uh, Sunshine. Those moves are entirely optional. The mm-hmm. The game doesn't require you to know how to do those. Bomb jumping is probably a better, uh, like, call for a Metroid game because that's, like, consistent throughout the whole series and is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I mean, I don't know. It's very hard to figure that out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I will submit my gamer card for, for uh yeah. inspection but... i've never tried it but i've heard it's actually not that hard if you like have someone show you how to do it right but anyway uh and that's that's cool that those are things that they're additional options for people who have really figured out the game and this is to me in my eyes because the game is more than the amateur levels it's like the amateur levels the pro levels and then the sick levels or whatever they call the last stage mm-hmm. and you need to know these things and you need to be good at executing them in order to complete later goals and all of the goals in the lower difficulty levels. Yeah. The higher, the lower on the map screen. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I, I just, just anything just to let me know. Like it does tell you to check the trick thing, which introduces the concept. That's how I found out about it. But like, man, you also, if you input tricks on a rail you'll do the flip trick as you jump off of it Mm. uh which took me a while to figure out and i never really mastered it because a lot of times you would jump off the rail to do a trick and then the next rail would come so abruptly that it would just fucking impale you and you (laughs) die uh so like that's also a more complicated mechanic that i would have liked uh just like a brief here's how the developers think about this mechanic kind of thing i don't know no, yeah, I sympathize. It, it it does kind of feel like it sits in a middle ground where, like, it kind of wants you to experiment, but then it also puts those things in as, like, goals. And there's so little content otherwise outside of those goals that it does feel like they should just tell you about it. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have two other things. Sure, go for it. Uh, the first one is what I... that you mentioned... And now I want to bring back up, uh-huh. which is the perfect run thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is maybe my favorite design decision that the game made, because the way that this game works is if you fall, like if you crash, you leave your board in any way, it just ends the run and restarts you. And while you can complete goals and stuff and they save... As when you, uh, even if you do fail yeah. to get to the end, you don't have to do everything in one run. Yeah, a single run is like that is a completed full circuit of the map. You basically have to execute at least well enough to have not crashed, mm-hmm. and it takes the perfect run element of a Tony Hawk game or of a Hotline Miami and codifies it as part of the rules of the game. And 
because the levels are so short, like if you actually just went from beginning to end on one, uh, and that's all you cared about, it probably takes like 30 to 45 seconds. Uh, I love that. I love that it enforces that repeat until you learn it, then try and do it as stylishly as possible. Mm -hmm. That is very cool, and it's something that I like to go to games for. It's like the only medium where you can really do this, unless you're like a gymnast. Uh Uh-huh. And I find that a very, like, satisfying way of playing. Uh, and that's that's it, really. It's just, like, I love that decision. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool. It's, like, what I think of, anyway, is, like, the core appeal of the game. Um, I don't know if anybody would disagree with that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh, God, I had something to say about that, and now I'm blanking on it. Oh, I remember. Uh, yeah, and, like, for me, I really like to hear, too. I think, like, the sort of play perfectly or lose. Skate or die. Yeah, skate or die sort of, uh, (laughs) approach to, uh, game design is real hit and miss for me. Uh, but in this, it was, it was really doing it for me, at least, like, through, like, in, like, the middle-ish. Like, once I, like, was clicking with it like i think i was meeting the difficulty curve like pretty perfectly yeah and that's when it felt the best to play for me like once it gets a little bit too hard if it gets a little too hard for you if it outpaces you then it kind of falls down a bit Mm -hmm. like a skateboarder (laughs) the game the difficulty curve makes you eat pavement exactly nerd (laughs) uh uh the only other thing that i wanted to mention was the music yeah, I have a note on that as well. Because it is the end of the podcast, which is music <laughs> uh-huh. time. Uh, I don't know if I have... I don't have a nuanced thing, so hopefully your note is pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I call mine nuanced either, but... <laughs> uh, my my thing is just, like, I feel like skateboarding games have a very long and storied history with music. It's a very integral part of the genre. And it was interesting to see this game have sort of, like a weird MIDI radio station style soundtrack. Yeah. My note is just that it doesn't feel very cohesive. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, it, it almost kind of, and this is going to come off too harsh, but um, it almost sounds like it's music they bought from a library and just threw in there. It does kind of sound that way. I'm. It's a little bit too low key. Yeah. Like I thought it worked in a couple of the levels. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad or anything. It's just, it feels kind of generic. Yeah. In a way that is sad. Capital G generic, for Mm -hmm. sure. That's the genre. Yeah. I feel like uh, I liked it in the the bass world. Um, Like like a more like Charlie Brown piano, (laughs) if uh, if you know what that sounds like, kind of thing works in a snow level. Mm -hmm. But I think if you would have had like more of a contrast there, that would have like been great you know like as a difference in kind like to fit the theme of the snow level yeah to like bring it down to like a chill snowy theme uh but that's just kind of what all the music is like just like a really low key and not in like a like a lo-fi hip-hop way where it slaps just kind of like in a generic way yeah yeah, it was a little sad to hear. I, I am curious because I know that there's at least one other game in this series. Yeah. Welcome to Hollywood. I say I have it because I bought it on the Switch and it's a package. Oh, nice. So I didn't check it out, though. 
Yeah. This is the, this is the first game podcast. Yeah. Maybe so you we'll can, go yeah, back. You can check it out uh, if you want to without having to buy it. <laughs> yeah. The things that I would like to see them implement in a sequel, uh, which I guess I'll learn about soon, mm-hmm. would be uh, what I'll talk about when we have our stale fish thoughts. Bringing it back. <laughs> um, okay. My stale fish thoughts are... I actually enjoyed this game. I feel like I mostly talked about my criticisms of it uh, because I do think it is rough around the edges. But uh, yeah, like as we were talking about, like it is very satisfying. Like once this game starts clicking with you, um, but it can it suffers from a problem I think that a lot of hard or challenging games do, where it's the the barrier to entry is a little too high at the beginning, mm. so it's going to scare a lot of people off. Um, but if you stick with it, it, it's actually, it's pretty rewarding. It is fun. It's super satisfying. Like, uh, it gives you that, like, your eyes roll back in your head and you're possessed by (laughs) the god of gamers and you just do the perfect (laughs) run and, uh, and it just feels so good. Um, your warlock patron. Yes. (laughs) The god of gamers. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah, that's where this game's at its best. Um, it is a little unfortunate that, like, I feel like the game looked a little bit better if the music was a bit catchier. Like, I feel like this game could be uh, even more popular. Like, I think it would really boost the game if, like, the other kind of presentation elements uh, were uh, just uh, were more refined, yeah, more polished. Um, but yeah, for what it is, yeah, very impressive. Like, um, the controls are super tight and I'm not a programmer or anything, but I, it feels impressive to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, like me, the me inside of me <laughs> that makes me, me, uh-huh. um, would like some kind of like intrinsic motivation. Like, even if it's just like a Mario, uh, amount where it's just like, you're the protagonist who has to go save a thing right and that's your goal like the just the barest semblance of like some kind of story would be nice but this game is for a very particular type of person and it's not the, the kind that i am so that's just a me complaint sure uh and i i guess i'll wrap up my stale fish thoughts um i think that this game is cool I think that one of the bigger problems that it has, at least in my opinion, the reason why it didn't click with me and not that this would be a big deal for other people, but this is one of those games that proves that if you have a, like, deep enough mechanical base, your game doesn't actually have to be that long if it's satisfying to master and become really good at I think that this this formula was really succe- successful with the original Tony Hawk games and also with games like Rock Band and Guitar Hero where like the first Guitar Hero game while they became quantity over quality over time started with just like a list of 30 some songs and for you to become like an actual like very good player you would have to play some of those 3 minute songs usually the last 5 on the list hundreds of times so there has to be a satisfaction in mastering it and i think that a lot of these games do a good job of it and the problem this game has is that there isn't a depth of content to go with it so even though you have something that is interesting to master 
once you've done the stuff in the game, it, there's really very little reason to go back for high scores. Uh, that intrinsic motivation like you're talking about. Um, and I don't know. It, because the game is, if you don't do that, is like a two-hour game, it becomes kind of a questionable endeavor. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you don't intend to spend a lot of time mastering it, this game probably really isn't worth your time. Yeah, if you're a certain kind of person, this game's going to feel incredibly short. Yeah. Like, if you just want to get to the end of every level and beat it, you could probably get through it in, like, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, if you were real good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's, I mean, not necessarily a problem. It's just sort of an interesting fact about how this game works. Um, but as I was saying before, the thing that the things that I would look for in, a, in an iteration on this would be... A more banging soundtrack, I think, would do wonders for this game uh, because it would keep you more engaged in the repetitive action. And then also just, like, a closer camera angle, like a bigger player character so that you could see more of what was going on. Mm. Yeah, I felt like it wasn't really that much of an issue, like, on a TV. Oh, yeah, I guess the TV thing probably does alleviate some of it. But... Uh, side note mm-hmm. it would look cooler and I think that's an important part of what makes a skateboarding game a fun thing to do is seeing a cool thing happen when you do a complicated series of button inputs it's like a fighting game where in a fighting game your adversary is a shirtless buff man and in a skateboarding game your adversary is the crushing boring real life and the satisfaction of winning is doing a Christ air over a bus. Like (laughs) I want that from this game to drive me to be engaged Mm -hmm. with what it wants me to do. Um, So yeah, I don't know if, if that makes sense. If you're somebody who hasn't played this game, (laughs) (laughs) it's either you will like it because you like to perform complicated things and become good at mastering a system and you won't like the game if you don't want to do that, and if you like other skateboarding games for more aesthetic reasons. Yeah, it's it, it you it's a game a skateboarding themed video game that if you like skateboarding a lot, that love of skateboarding isn't going to translate to liking this game like it does for like Tony Hawk. Yeah. Well. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Oxenfree, uh, which is a game that we've kind of been wanting to play for a while. It's been out for a really long time. Yeah, it's one of those games that uh, we've perused by past a million times in your Steam library. Mm-hmm. And I think it jumped out at me around the same time that like Kentucky Route Zero did. To the point where I confused them a lot in my head. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's it's a very classic no-clip pocket kind of game. Yeah. I think that if my knowledge of the game holds up, then, and we are unable to restrain ourselves, mm-hmm. we may be making a number of comparisons to Kentucky Route Zero, because right. it has, like, a similar vibe, though a totally different, like, plot and tone-wise, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, we'll find out next time what we think about Oxenfree. 
Until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro, where you can find links to our email address, our uh, Twitter account. You can find the YouTube channel, and there and on the website, all of our old episodes, including our Tony Hawk retrospective, I Don't Want to Grind That, uh, which came out uh, a couple of months ago. Like a year ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a lot of months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Hotline Miami we talked about, which is a similar sort of mechanically driven yeah. game. Like Celeste, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Celeste is like Ali Ali if it made you cry. <laughs> Smash that like button, and we'll mail you a diploma in stale fishology. <laughs> You think I really care that I miss biology? Got my education in stale fishology. If I die before I wake, Frank, <laughs> <laughs>